Um, right, should we try and start? That would be a good thing to do. So, it's me. Oh, Christ. Podcast. Shane. Podcast. Mm-hmm. Do podcast. Good afternoon. My name is Harry Morris. I'm a furniture maker in Bristol, England. Good evening. I'm Shane. I'm a furniture conservator restorer in Sydney, Australia. That was smooth. We're right back into it. Yeah, that was that was perfect. We'll take it. Welcome back. It's been it's been a little while. I don't, I don't know how long it's been. Probably a couple of months, maybe. Yeah, a few months. Which was, I promise, an intended and very intentional break between the seasons. This is season mm. two. What does season two hold for us, Shane? <laughs> uh, well, it will hold a collection of uh, recorded episodes. Yeah, fantastic. That sounds great. It's uh, going to be very similar to season one. So if you like season one, season two is basically going to be the same thing. But like yeah. we took a break for a bit. <laughs> um, <laughs> yes, I imagine we're going to have some really interesting topics and some really good guests. I, I, mm. I imagine. Yeah, yep. welcome to season two. I think that's it. We, we said we'd, we'd do some sort of intro to the season. We don't really know what is yet, but I think we're fine. So it's been a little while. I'm going to take full responsibility for that. I've been a very busy boy. We'll get to that a bit later on. But are you ready to begin, Shane? I have a good yeah. and very relevant topic, although not a lot written about it. So we'll, we'll see where it goes. But I'm happy to jump down a few rabbit holes and have a bit of a catch up at the end as well. This pitch was your idea a long time ago. I don't know if you remember. Yeah, I actually and... I remember thinking it would be a good thing to start with because I had a plan for season two, but that was a long <laughs> time ago and I can't remember what it was. Yes, yes. So I've I've taken a couple of notes, but this topic is very very relevant and kind of close to home right now for me. We'll get to that a bit, little bit later. So today I want to talk about finding time within your practice, in my case, woodworking, furniture making, um, for other stuff, for kind of normal life, if you know what I mean. So I think within crafts orientated work, in general, the practitioner tends to be passionate about the job. Well, very few are going to get into woodworking or whatever because it seems like great career path for earning the big bucks. Very, very often we are craftspeople before we are business people. Yeah. Now, the the issue comes with that, which is something I've spoke to a few makers recently about, is the line between the hobby that often this practice starts out as for most people and where the line blurs into work. So for me, I started carving spoons years ago in my dad's garage and at the time when I was first watching those Paul Sellers videos about carving spoons and about woodworking joinery working with hand tools how to sharpen stuff at that time I honestly had no thoughts of doing that as a career and it, it kind of didn't cross my mind until I got to the point where I was going into a local kind of the shop I started working in, um, little furniture maker restoration workshop. Until that point, didn't really see this hobby that I was enjoying and I was kind of getting on well with as as a career, if you like. It never that never crossed my mind. Which looking back on seems odd because obviously in hindsight it seems obvious. It seems like an obvious path. So mm. yeah, I, I I started woodworking because I loved it, not because I wanted to make loads of money. Now, my situation at school and kind of how all that was going just happened to be that woodworking came at just the right time that I could run at it and kind of run with it and pursue a, um, a qualification and, and, and a career. So 
this, now this is something I'm going to kind of skip to the present day. It's something I've been thinking a lot about at the moment. I've been, as you know, setting up the new workshop. Got a few really nice pieces to make at the moment. Some big pieces, lots of work to do. I've started teaching at the Maker Shed in Bristol. I'm also doing teaching two days a week in my workshop at the moment and running some weekend courses. There's lots and lots going on. Now, some of what I want to do at the moment pays. Some of what I want to do at the moment doesn't pay i know you're familiar with that mm. pursuing things that we believe is is a good thing to do or that we just care about kind of regardless of whether they make money or not at the moment i've got a mix of the lot fortunately i'm just about kind of doing enough paid work that it's all fine but the line for me between hobby and work has kind of increasingly blurred i feel as mm. I've been taking on all these other things and kind of getting busier and busier and kind of expanding the business and all of that stuff. It's been an interesting time. I found myself some days loving woodwork like I always have and some days thinking, fucking woodwork, I don't want to do this. Like, this feels like a job, which is not something I've really mm -hmm. had very much before. The other side of it is I've also got people that rely on me now. I've got students turning up. It, I know this sounds very odd, but all of a sudden I have to be places by certain times. <laughs> <laughs> Which, which everybody does oh, hey. i know i know i know that was going to be your response but for the last year or so after i came back from sydney i was working in the workshop full-time on my own and i just work when i want to work as long as i get the stuff done yeah. if i work a long day or a short day as long as it averages out to be enough work then it's fine which suited me kind of with my physical health as well which i'm going to touch on a little bit later but now i've got places to be people to see <laughs> um so it's, be it's become a bit of a different game. It it's all of a sudden, it feels more like a job. That's what I'm getting at. It feels more like I've got a normal job. I can kind of, which is positive in many ways because I'm working at the maker shed. At the end of my day, I can go home and kind of walk away from that job, which is what people usually do. Whereas up until now, I've just been working for myself as you are familiar as well, it's difficult to kind of walk home at the end of the day and stop working. It's always going, you're always doing something related. Which for me has left very little room for doing woodworking as a hobby. Now, I'm trying a few different things at the moment to kind of make sure I don't lose that, that flame that my love for woodworking. Because I, I, I could see it I could see it happening one day if I were to continue how I am working now, kind of getting busier and busier, seeing dealing with more and more people. Although I absolutely believe I'm doing good stuff and I'm and it's all going well, but it just concerns me that going forward, am I going to get sick of this? Like I've dedicated so much to it, am I going to just get sick of this and decide that uh, I'm not going to work with wood anymore? That seems unlikely right yeah. now, but not not impossible in the future. So I've been yeah. doing my best to split my time better. I I need to tell myself right right now, or for the next six hours, or for the next hour. I'm at work and I'm working on this thing. There's a customer, there's students, whatever. I'm at work, I'm doing this thing. And then keep it as black and white as I can. If I'm at home, then I'm not doing work. I'm not replying to emails, whatever. So much easier said than yeah. done, of course. But the kind of saving grace for me, which kind of loops back around to the start perfectly, has been spoons. I've, yeah. I've, I've returned to carving spoons again, which I haven't done in a long time. And I went and cut some timber the other day and split it up. And I've been doing a little bit of spoon carving on an evening and on a Sunday. And, and just making sure that when I'm putting time aside, 
decide to do that kind of thing, and it's not always a conscious decision, it's not always, right, I've got an hour to carve my spoon, I don't need to put myself under that kind of pressure, but it's just a conscious decision to be, to do my best to be in that moment doing a thing that I'm doing because I enjoy doing it, and not for any other reason. Yeah. It's not for Instagram content, which is another problem yeah. of mine, like, whatever I'm doing, if it's somewhat relevant to the things I care about, then it feels like I'm also creating Instagram content, like it has more value than just doing it, which is great. And it's a good way to share stuff. But for me, it, it kind of then makes it work again. Yeah. So really doing my best to keep a kind of black and white difference. And I'd love to hear how you deal with this in a minute as well. But I just got a couple more more things to mention. So a lot along with all of this stuff, obviously getting busy, doing all of these bits. I feel like a lot of what I've been doing recently, which is going to sound a little fluffy and meh, but I feel like I've been getting to know um, what I want and kind of getting to know myself a lot better than I have before. I'm starting to realise kind of the direction I really want to head in and mm -hmm. what I think is the best direction to head in. What It kind of all comes back to the, oh, I can't remember the word, Shane, the Venn diagram, the Japanese concept, like purpose in uh, life. Ikigai. Yeah, we spoke about yeah. it before. It all comes back to that, really. It, it's me realising what I'm good at, what I can be paid for, what makes a difference, all of those different circles on the Venn diagram. Yeah. And that that comes it, it comes in waves. Sometimes I think, yeah, fuck yeah, I'm on the right path, doing good shit. And then sometimes it's like, is this the best use of my time? For me, I, I'm something I want to talk about in the future a little bit when I'm a bit more kind of in the know about it. But I, I struggle with it's something you know about, but I struggle with physical health. I have done as long as I can remember. Some days yeah. I struggle to do the physical work. Some days I'm all right. Sometimes it's a week period where I'm just a bit slow. Now, that has led me to really try and prioritize much more than I ever have, especially as I'm getting busier. I'm finding myself prioritizing and kind of ordering the things I want to get done a lot more kind of rigidly. I need to decide whether this bit of woodworking I'm doing is a good use of my energy and then that creates all sorts of problems because am i doing it as a hobby like how do you feel like you deal with you got into woodworking well tell me why you got into woodworking i guess is where we start <laughs> if you don't mind uh i got into i don't know i don't know so i definitely got into it through props Almost certainly. Yeah. Like, I thought prop making was really cool. And I thought carpentry was cool. I did a lot of theater as a kid. Um, and all the props and sets and everything around that was, was excellent. It's actually one of the things when I, I went and did my undergraduate in film and television production, I got really into the art direction side of it. And then worked in uh, decor. So kind of sort of sets, but for parties. Yeah. And, and there were some carpenters there who I got along with really well. Sam and Ken, but it it was in a professional setting almost always. Yeah. Um. I I think I've never been good with hobbies. Okay. Um, my hobbies are watching television and playing video games. Yeah. They're very non-active events. So. So did you ever consider woodworking a hobby, or was it always like a job? For a while, I was I was kind of fixing stuff up off the side of the road and doing it was a hobby, but it was also always partially in my mind uh, a development of skill, a development of 
of something. Um, even before I got into Instagram heavily, in my mind, I was always kind of taking pictures of what I was doing and I was doing it to share it with other people. Yeah. For some reason, like I, I could never be a collector of stamps for my own sake. Like, like <laughs> I really love these. I'm going to collect them. They're yeah. me. Or I could never write a journal. I was never a journal writer. It's just things entirely for myself I don't have enough motivation to do. Yeah. So even when I think I was getting into it, it was always still like to tell other people or to share or to, to give it to someone or, or something like that. It as a personal activity for my own enjoyment wasn't something I really considered mm. until probably much more recently. Yeah, that's interesting. Uh, that is really interesting. Yeah, it, I, it is. Because like I work with Luke and Luke... When he goes home, he carves spoons. And, you know, he if he gets a day off, he's like, oh, man, I'm going to carve some spoons. And I'm like, when I get the day off, I'm going to lay in the tub and, you know, <laughs> deal with the other things yeah. uh, that aren't working with wood, which is different than how I... I think I was about two years ago as well. So for me, for me, the hobby side of it feels like something I have to, I have to actually work for, which wears me out a lot. Yeah. Like that I should be doing this in my free time as a hobby, that I feel guilty that when I go home, I'm not doing more woodworking. I'm on the flip side of that, I think. Yeah, yeah. That is really interesting. While you were at West Dean, was that different? Yeah. Did you feel like... How so? Because we did like the odd project on the weekends and evenings. Like, Did it feel more so that woodworking was a hobby there? Or was it still sort skill of, development? If, if you remember, I never really completed any of my hobby projects. True. Um, yeah, true. I never got really into them enough. To, to actually put the time in it, it always really was like oh i should be doing more dovetails i should be doing uh look harry's just made this arian's on the lathe in the afternoons people are making gifts for friends i really should be doing that that should be part of what i'm doing but i, I never fell into it as a i'm just jumping on this because it's super fun sort of thing yeah i put a lot of pressure on on it as an activity and it, it makes it harder for me to enjoy it as just something i'm doing because i i instinctively think of it as a as something i'm supposed to be doing or i should be getting an output from it yeah or that that there's something along it and so i i often i find it exhausting and i i don't find it easy to get into it as an enjoyable casual thing yeah I think that makes a lot of sense. And I think that's probably fairly common. I mean, it, it can come back to the, the idea that um, every kind of bit of hobby woodworking is an opportunity for Instagram content. Like that's that desire or that kind of inclination that there should be some sort of output from this time or this, this thing I'm de dedicating energy to. And it's yeah it's a really and i think some people can deal with it very very well and maybe that's just like by chance they happen to be interested in other stuff that is a little different but yeah i think it's a i think it's very very common in the woodworking world mm. for that kind of that conversation i've seen recently and i've had a few with with other makers about how do you deal with woodworking for fun or like do you do woodworking for fun now you're doing it commercially and there's lots of those kind of questions and yeah I always find them difficult to ask because up until this year it's, it's not really other than sometimes when there's time pressures and all of that it's never really felt a lot like doing work because I've just been making stuff in my workshop which feels like yeah. if I didn't have to work for money I'd probably be doing anyway 
Yeah. Um, I'd be working on different stuff, but I'd, I'd probably be there anyway. So it's not really felt like work. But now as I'm expanding and kind of, and the teaching in particular, like I said earlier, it, it, it feels like a job now, which means, yeah, the, the hobby element is kind of gone, which I don't think is a problem necessarily, as long as I don't hit that point mm. where I get sick of it anytime soon. I want to throw something at you, though, in this that's that's not necessarily just the line between hobby woodworking and work woodworking. Yeah. If your work aspect is still enjoyable and and the way you're doing it. I guess the one thing I'm starting to notice more, because I never really did hobby woodworking, I love, I guess, growth practice. So trying new techniques, doing something, exploring, making a new varnish, testing new varnishes, the, the kind of experimental, exploratory learning techniques aspect that's what really excites me one of the things that i find almost daunting and terrifying is actually getting to a point where i'm just getting work in that's the same thing over and over again yeah i know how to do this i can do it well yeah okay we're just following these steps blah blah blah, yeah. blah. and it's no longer growth for me anymore and i think for me that's that's the line i want to make sure that i'm finding time to do the aspects of the project or projects that continue to grow my skills or test or or push me or or engage my my brain yeah. in what I'm doing and I'm I'm a little terrified of getting to the point where I'm just doing rote work and I guess if you get to a point in your work where you're just pumping out the same side table or whatever yeah and doing the same thing how how do you imagine handling that guideline that's not just like woodwork that i like doing for work and woodwork that i like doing for myself but like woodwork i don't really want to be doing for work versus woodwork i do want to be doing for myself yeah and and that sort of thing yeah i think that's really a good point it's Something I saw happening a little bit when I first got back from Sydney because I got back to a a kind of a a book full of orders. I had a couple of months worth of orders. Now, all of those orders were of the collection of furniture that I I built while we were at Westine. And I was aware at that point before, before taking those orders, I was aware how the work would differ if I was taking orders of furniture that's already designed. I designed them all. I made, made one of each thing and people ordered them and they're made to order and I, I i was absolutely aware at the time that that may become laborious and repetitive but i think during that period i was concerned with making enough money and i saw yeah. that way of working as profitable and kind of efficient which obviously it is yeah. because you you naturally get faster and faster but it absolutely and quite quickly got to the point where I, I was no longer like feeling the work. I wasn't really enjoying doing the pieces. I just wanted them gone. Like I just and, yeah. and that happens almost every project. It gets to the point where I just want it out of the way. But it happened quickly with doing seven of the same table or whatever it whatever it was. It it was yeah, it, it was not as fun as I thought it was gonna be, essentially. Um, yeah. and that's really defined what kind of work work I take on now now if the question is kind of how I deal with that and how I feel about kind of heading in that direction it honestly just comes down to being confident in myself enough to pick the right jobs and the last few have been exactly that and and I, I know you've um, seen a similar thing I've I've been really trying to make sure that each job is just slightly more difficult or slightly more puzzling than the previous one or just yeah. something that I'm not 
perfectly comfortable to do. Now, obviously that doesn't happen yeah. all the time. I can't just be working on stuff like that. And it is less efficient and it is less profitable because I'm being paid to think a lot of the time and work shit out, which I love doing. And it is always more enjoyable. And I realized what I thought was what I wanted to do like while, at, while I was at West Dean, like that was what I was enjoying doing was designing and making those pieces as kind of yeah. one-off pieces. When it became, right, now make another one for someone that wants to pay you. It just became yeah. like a little bit cold, a little bit like, nah, it's just, this isn't what I thought I was signing myself up for, like starting the business, which I think has really been why I'm heading down the track I am with, at the moment, I'm pretty much half and half teaching and, and making. And the bits that I'm making, because it's kind of at this point subsidized by the teaching, I can I can be picky with what I'm making. So I'm now yeah. in a position where I don't have to do the, the laborious jobs or the jobs that I've done before or the things that I just think are repetitive and not uh, that are just work for money because if I yeah. if I wanted to do that work I'd go and get a job that paid me twice as much and like and I, I've, I've said that before about kind of working in a way that I don't enjoy like working with a lot of machinery I just don't enjoy working that way so I'm going to do everything I can to make it possible that I can work in a way that I do enjoy so I'm not coming to work and thinking oh Christ I've got to be here for eight hours and then whatever and of course that is easier said than done and there are always days that I think oh I just I just don't want to be doing this today but but yeah, yeah it's, a, it's a difficult thing to manage and it feels like a fortunate position to be in to be able to pick and choose the jobs. But there's no luck in that. That's the direction I've chosen to take my business and my work and what I'm passionate in and what I believe is going to have a, a wider spread impact on the heritage craft sector because that's important to me. But yeah, yeah. it's a... I mean, like usual on the podcast, I don't have a brilliant answer. Yeah. <laughs> you kind of got to see through the time you have and the energy you have in your case. Um, yeah. And often in my case as well, for different reasons entirely. Yeah. And kind of see what, how much am I going to be able to get done? And you, you're talking about prioritizing as well. Yeah. And then you have to prioritize between the tasks that are, that are kind of mundane, that are going to give you money, the tasks that might give you money, but not as much, but that are a bit more interesting tasks that are not going to give you money but are just things you want to do um, yeah. and then also not working and maybe spending time with family or, or whatever yeah, of course. people do um, <laughs> and Micah is watching a lot of television um, and then that there is constantly kind of that ongoing thing but I one of the reasons why I was thinking about taking time as a subject is I I think it's it's something really important as I'm getting into this next phase of life and I figured it definitely was for you because you're managing your own schedule is is you have to actually be mindful about the like you say the the work you're taking on to make sure that it is engaging you and being choosy about what it yeah. is you do and how you spend your time so that you have time to yeah. grow and to do it I, I i've been thinking about it a lot because like i now work at kind of nine to five jobs and i could just go in and show up and kind of do the same thing over and over again or you know i could quote you know particularly with quoting a, a repair or restoration you kind of can easily go yeah we could do it this way we've done it this way before it'll cost us much or there's this the more challenging technique like say gilding it yeah. Uh, water gilding it which i have very little practice in myself and you could kind of quite easily say well water gilding i'm not very good at it it'd cost you a lot of money i'd probably lose a lot trying to figure out how to do it yeah so we're just not going to go down that road but i think that it's important to kind of say if you can subsidize it with teaching or something kind of say all right this job which is water gilding 
or whatever it is, I'm going to be slow at this first time. Yeah. But I, I need to, for my own growth and my own satisfaction, find a way to take on that job and and make that time exist for me to be able to do it without losing heavily. Yeah. Um, for me, that's that's kind of the same as, as trying to find time to do hobby, trying to find time, I guess, to make sure that you can take on jobs that, that aren't going to be cost effective because you need to learn how to do it, I guess. A certain well, yeah, you're, you're getting more from those jobs than the than the monetary payment on you. You're, you're, you're developing yeah. yourself more than just practice, which is kind of where where you fall into like you said when when you get to the point where you're doing those jobs that you either just you, you know how to do them maybe they pay quite well and you just do them you just turn Your up bread and, and butter. do them yeah the bread and butter jobs in in the shop where i worked it was repairing chairs we, we put together so many wobbly chairs because we could do six of them a day and there was a constant stream yeah. of them that made a lot of sense we could have dedicated six days a week to doing wobbly chairs but we'd have got sick of it there's no there's no fun in that so i think actually country craftsman the shop i worked in when i was from 15 maybe 40 something like that i think is a really great example of this because alan there who who ran the shop and taught me a lot he did a really good job like thinking back on it now he's done a really good job of making sure there is a constant stream of fun jobs alongside yeah. those bread and butter jobs and actually now i'm in a somewhat similar position running a business i think that is something that is not easy to manage but i think fantastic especially if you've got employees yeah it's it's motivational it's exciting it develops the their skills as well there then there needs to be the time and and kind of the budget i guess to to work on those things like we did one or two rocking horses every year near christmas partly because they were good fun to do and people loved seeing them in the shop the kids come in and see them they take a long time we couldn't charge enough for them but we still did a couple each year because they were just fantastic and there was value to doing that beyond the monetary value there was the bonding between me and alan doing these carving a horse each there's the relationship with the public around coming into the shop and then there's like the marketing there's that's great a portfolio piece like there's so much that isn't necessarily cash flow that these things are good for and sometimes it becomes difficult to see that other value because we get hung up on this piece is going to take me this long. I need to charge this much money. Otherwise, I'm not making enough money. Fine. I- yeah, especially once you start to get behind on, on that. You start to yeah. go, oh, I got to get this one through and I got to get this one through. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And it, and of course, we've all got to, got, got to take a certain amount of money home to, to live. And this is obviously, you, you've got to be sensible with it. I can't just take on the fun jobs because I, I wouldn't be able to pay my rent. Maybe that's something to aim for. I don't, I don't know. But I think it's understated the importance of that, of I'm not just taking jobs in, getting them done and getting them out. If, if kind of if that was the way I was working, then I may as well buy and sell stuff, like just yeah. be flipping stuff for a profit. Like if I wanted to just make money. So there's, I think it's all about managing what else is going on and seeing the other value in stuff so you can dedicate time and not feel guilty. That's something that I I struggle with as well, kind of feeling guilty for the things that I'm not being directly paid for. All of of a sudden, I've now got more responsibilities, more overheads than than I've ever had before. And I'm finding that that kind of feeling of guilt has grown 
Yeah. And and that's even if I'm not. It's not necessarily just doing a fun job that doesn't pay. It's it's doing other stuff. It's taking time off. It's like doing stuff in the garden. This which is where it becomes difficult. That's when you become kind of engulfed in this thing. Becomes a bit of a monster. I don't want to get into it. But yeah. um, if you're starting to think about time, you know, with with family or whatever, and go, oh, I can't be here because I need to be getting stuff done. That's a dangerous place to be. It yeah. might be a necessary place for a short period of time, but it's definitely not an yeah. ideal place to be. Yeah, which as um, long for as long as I can remember, you've been checking me on, which I'm grateful for. Mm. All, all the time, just like just bit of awareness of time not doing work. For me, that mainly means not doing physical stuff, but it also means not being in the workshop. It means not replying to emails doing all of that stuff and yeah i'm I think... a big fan of not replying to emails <laughs> yeah me yeah i think it like i mean it, 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 it's obvious but it, it becomes difficult to see we kind of become a bit blinkered especially working with something we love you do become a bit blind to that importance of doing other stuff yeah. like making time lovely swoop back to the my title is is finding time in in your practice for life to like to continue like my life isn't woodworking that's that's a that's a chunk of my life that's a small section really it's a section that i dedicate probably more of my time and energy than I would like to at the moment. And I'm working towards, my goal at the moment is working towards doing less work, but having a bigger impact. We, well, everyone wants to do less work and make more money. That's not really what I'm aiming for. But um, <laughs> <laughs> but it's. I think for me, that's, that's become a bit of a priority and a bit of a kind of business objective is to like just be able to give myself time. Like I, I don't need to be working this hard. And it actually, I need to look at what good working that hard is doing especially like thinking going forward is that actually benefiting me and kind of my family my life outside of the workshop probably not probably not it, i i got a I'm, i've I'm committed to doing this and it's absolutely what I want to do and it's what I believe is um, a good use of my energy and my time and um, uh, my life really but it can't be my life that's the difference I, I, there's other things that I need to make sure there is enough time for otherwise it's just not sustainable yeah. it, it just won't no it, it's just not going to happen the way I want it to happen which is easy to say of course and like I said <laughs> I, I appreciate you forever checking on me making sure I'm taking time off you'll you'll be thrilled to hear i'm going away well i'm leaving six hours ago for holiday <laughs> <laughs> how's, how's your break away from how's my uh, making time <laughs> i'm currently sat in the wood in the workshop <laughs> no i've just got lots but of you stuff are going away good i am going away i'm going away this afternoon to Freya's kind of family cottage in St. David's, which I'm really excited for. I've taken taken a week off of teaching. I've told people to not not send me loads of emails and I'll just deal with everything when I come back, which is like the first time since I've got back from Sydney that I've actually, mainly because of lockdowns, not because I'm too busy, but that I've like dedicated at least a week of not working. 
and like yeah. I'm I won't I'm not going to take my laptop with me. I'm I am going to take my spoon spoon stuff. But yeah, that's excellent. I've seen it with a number of like uh, sole practitioners, business owners. Yeah, that you just week by week by week by week keep focusing on what you need to do to pay the bills to get the work done, and it yeah. can be years before you actually take a break. One guy I've worked with who who runs his own business. He I think he I don't know if he's taken a holiday <laughs> in in years. Yeah, yeah, and and it can just slip away. I think it's really good that you you are taking that time. And I I honestly think it's it's part of being good doing good business like if if i have to work 362 days of the year then that's not a sustainable business like if that's the amount i've got to work to bring in enough money to cover all my costs then from my point of view that's not that's not yet a successful business it part of success as a bigger institution than i am but like if there was like employees and that kind of thing you you have to be able to sustain those staff and and motivate those staff and um keep them engaged and keep them happy at what they're doing and if they're just mm. pushed to work too hard because they need to cover costs then that's just not going to work that the, the staff turnover is going to be going to be ridiculous and that's that absolutely scales down to if it's just one person like me that i need to motivate my staff it happens that the staff is me and to to keep that going and to make it sustainable there needs to be that that time off and if i can't afford it then i need to figure out something else to do or i need to find some sort of other income without spending even more time (laughs) yeah yeah and for me for me the, the teaching has really been that it, it the teaching has given me that leeway like at the moment i don't have to be necessarily making furniture which feels like a great place to be if if i need the time i can take the time obviously there's deadlines with the pieces yeah. i am making so but in terms of the money it's fine which it, yeah. it, i cannot tell you how much of a relief that feels and there's so much less worry because i i know that we're going to be fine for a while like even if i were to chop my arm off well i'll chop it off as a bad example break my arm <laughs> like we're not gonna go under we're gonna be okay and i think that's all just part of doing good business that's that's what you take on when you decide to to work for yourself or for a small company that is yeah. i think that's the responsibility of whoever's running the operation i remember um when i did my undergraduate in film the first place i went in the states had like i remember going into my first class and it was this very intense it was one of those atmospheres of you know if you care about this field you're gonna miss you know one of those you're gonna miss your friends events you're not gonna be partying i remember the speech actually that the guy gave he was like you're not gonna be going to parties you're not gonna be involved in extracurriculars if you're gonna be studying film this is what you're gonna be doing 24 7 and i was wholly into it i was doing you know 21 hour days it's nuts um (laughs) working on film projects and stuff yeah nuts absolutely i mean great time uh, in <laughs> to a certain degree i yeah. i did love it but it wore you out and then i went to um, australia to finish my degree and i was doing projects there and i had this same kind of mentality and it was this mentality that i had to be working long hours like it it was it was only i was only a good you know film student i was only a good person if i was actually putting in these ridiculously insane hours to get my yeah. projects to be 
done or whatever. And I, one of my good friends at the time, Charlie Swartz, he, I remember he said something to me that just blew my mind because I was like, no, nah, we got to be up late. We got to be doing these long hours. And he's like, he said, essentially, if, if we have to be working extra time, then we have done something wrong. We're not doing something right. Yeah. We have done something wrong before now to be at this point where yeah. we have to be working such ridiculous hours. Like yeah. I, it just, I think that's such a good way to think about it. And from that point on, we planned our shoots better. We planned our projects better so that our shoots would end on time. And it, it just, it made so much more sense. And it felt like a different way of being efficient and smart and productive that didn't require that busting your ass sort of thing yeah yeah i think that's i think that's spot on it it seems to be especially among like young people interested in doing projects like that it seems to be that kind of you have to be grinding you have to be putting in mm. those hours otherwise like don't bother which i think is such bollocks yeah. that is such a self-destructive approach like yeah, like you read those like, oh, these entrepreneurs wake up at 4am and go to the gym and then work until midnight. Like, right, fine, whatever. But it's just not good to be trying to spread that message as if this is what success looks like because yeah. it's absolutely not sustainable. And yeah. I mean, don't limit yourself to the nine to five. This is the thing that's kind of killing me is I yeah. hit five and I start to feel done and I don't like that feeling. Like I want to keep going yeah. and I just don't have that energy. But like, don't, it, the success is not burning yourself out yeah. by any stretch of the imagination. Yeah, it's it's not, it's not productive long in the long haul and i don't think it ever yeah. it ever is and and it doesn't yeah like you said it doesn't mean like right five o'clock hits i'm going home at the end of the day yeah which it, is the run i'm in at the moment which I'm yeah hating. yeah which like yeah and it, it's weird because for a while that's what i wanted i wanted to just like turn up at a time leave at a time and just not worry about it but actually that's i don't think that's the way i work best i think similar to you that if i i want to feel like i can keep going if i if i fancy it like if i've got yeah. nothing else going on friends on holiday whatever my brother's busy like and there's work to be doing and i'm feeling good about it it's all like i'm getting on well then fine like stay yeah. stay late whatever i think that's great and it and it shows good commitment but it doesn't need to be that's the norm yeah 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 i think there's a lot in there yeah i think we could we could go on for a long time yeah there's a few things there i want to drill down on and that maybe we could dig into over the course of the season with some some guests as well yeah in terms of how they find time yeah i mean maybe and it's definitely i think the the Instagram and social media thing is something we need to discuss at some point as well. Absolutely. And that's something, yeah, I've got some notes in front of me about actually. And I think maybe we will continue this as a, as a little bit of a theme, like you just said, with, with some of our guests. Maybe it would be interesting to, to ask our guests from, from various fields how they deal with this similar thing, whether self-employed or not, but how they kind of deal with it. Because chances are, the people we're going to be speaking to are going to be passionate people about what they're doing. So I think it's yeah. a really good idea to kind of continue this on. But if you're happy, I think we leave it there for now. And yeah, I think so um, too. What have you been doing, Shane, in in the last six years since season one? God, jeez. <laughs> uh, what have I been doing? It feels it feels like like I've dropped off of Instagram. I've only made like two posts in the last several months. 
Because yeah. it just feels like I've been doing the same thing. I haven't had anything to really talk excitedly about. Yeah. Probably the most exciting thing, though, is is that Luke is working with us now, which I mentioned in the last episode, that that's an indication of when, when we were doing this. But um, yeah. it's been really great to, to see him learn and get involved in my own way in, in learning with him from from Oliver at ICS. Um, yeah. It's one of those things that like, I always love fundamentals courses and beginner courses because no matter where you are going back to beginner stuff is you there's something you missed or something you didn't quite pay attention to um and there's loads of stuff i feel like i skipped an actual apprenticeship and jumped into a role and it's nice to to be pretend like going back and telling myself no i am an apprentice um ask more questions be be the learning one you're at the beginning of your career um And so in that regard, it's it's just been a lot of drilling down on some fundamentals, which isn't the most exciting thing to talk about, but it's been good. And but I've crucial. been going through these, yeah, I've been going through these massive ups and downs, though, about my work, like lots of downs, just coming out of a day going, God, I, I just, I stuffed that up again. I, this isn't right. I'm not getting this good enough. Why am I in this world? Why am I doing this work? Yeah. Do, should I, do I have the attention to detail that I need? Yeah. And then I'll have a high, like the next job will go really well. And I'll be like, man, I'm the best. I'm going to be <laughs> so good. I'm gonna blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And then like a minute later, someone will go in and they'll be like, what about this little bit? Obviously, that's not fine. And I'll be like, oh, no, you're right. Uh, how did I see that? So I've just been on these massive highs and lows um, yeah. of just being overcritical of, of my work and, and whether or not I should be in this field, which is not fun. I don't recommend it. <laughs> but um, yeah, I got my fellowship. I don't know if that had happened i got my fellowship mm, don't to support so. my trip to go away next year yeah so that's um international specialized skills institute oh cool they're a really cool organization basically to try and you know because australia is where it is yeah. and there are lots of you know unique european skills or those are the ones i'm thinking about because those are the ones that i'm trying to get yeah um that that you might not be here so they support people going overseas or doing research to to bring skills back to australia so they're giving me some money to support my journeyman year next year i had my induction with them which i was accidentally due to a lot of issues 40 minutes late for so that was awful. oh good that's that's yeah that's, yeah that's that nice. was terrible there was it was a really great moment. Uh, I I finally got in, and I got in forty minutes late, and then they stopped, and they did this like six other fellows, and they stopped, and they all introduced them like they had to stop what they were doing to introduce themselves again to me. <laughs> oh god! So I just felt awful for. Yeah, I bet that. And I spent the whole time they were doing it like looking at myself to make sure I didn't look panicked and <laughs> didn't hear anything they said. <laughs> That, that's good that sounds like a, a lovely situation you've got yourself in there yeah that was nice uh <laughs> so hopefully i'll learn more about who they all are when i have the capacity to listen better um that's really exciting though it's really exciting so yeah what, no it's really good so it means it's happening date? so um my aim is to get out of the country december 1st or 2nd and then spend some time with family yeah and then um kick off in january that's so cool my hope so is I'll be seeing Claire in January. Oh, awesome. That would yeah. be lovely. Well, I need to go and email everyone and, and be like, hey, so this thing that I mentioned like eight months ago, I thought I might do, it's actually happening. Are right, you're still up for it? Yeah, you're still all right with that, aren't you? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm, uh, yeah, I'm going to have to have a rethink about you coming here, Shane. I'm not sure, you know. <laughs> Uh, no, because I talked about you specifically in my application, so you're definitely oh, Christ. on there. All right. Um, 
Yeah. All right. Do you fancy being an assistant <laughs> um, tutor at the Maker Shed for, uh, for some time? I'd love to do some teaching in the Maker Shed. That place looks so cool. Yeah, you'd definitely be able to. Yeah, it is cool. I'm happy to help out in any way. Yeah. But yeah, that's been me. A lot of the same old. Lots nice. and lots of the same old. And you're in lockdown? And we are in lockdown now. Nice. Which hasn't quite affected me yet because I only really leave my house to go to work and I'm still allowed to do that. So whatever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't see other people. I don't have guests. So not too bad. No, nah, it's fine. It's actually traffic is better. My commute is uh, yeah, half lovely. the time it normally is. That's nice. Yeah. And what are you? What have you been up to? You've been much busier. Yeah, I've been doing all sorts of shit. Good stuff. Every well, most things are pretty positive. Is so yeah, I've been teaching at the Maker Shed. All of my courses are now up and running. So I I'm doing. I've got three weekly courses at the moment. So I'm I'm doing Monday evenings and Tuesday daytimes and Tuesday evenings. So three courses. It's all beginners woodworking. Well, there's level one, two, and three. It's all aimed at beginners, but the the projects kind of get increasingly difficult. And the third level is kind of work on whatever. So I've got a couple of those students, and it's an ongoing thing, which is great. It's good fun. So many just fantastic people, lovely students. Um, Jenny and Ali, who run the Maker Shed, are just wonderful and absolutely in it for the right reasons. It's good fun. It's getting on well with the teaching. I'm really enjoying it. Um, seeing good results and some really nice, really nice encouraging feedback, actually. Um, I've also uh, written the sharpening and the finishing courses, finishing course with the help of your document, which mm-hmm. are weekend, like two day jobs. Um, I've run one sharpening course here in my workshop and I've run one sharpening and one finishing course at the Maker Shed and they've all gone very, very well. I I was nervous for them all. Um, The first one and the finishing one I was um, nervous for because the finishing one was the one I'm least confident in but I spent... I spent a long time reading and taking a lot of notes and doing a lot of research just so I felt qualified to teach it to the best I can. Um, and it went yeah. really, really well. And I'm really pleased. I'm excited to run it the next really one. It looks really good. Yeah, I was pleased. It was two days and yeah, it just it just worked great. It, it was kind of uh, it's information heavy because the practical jobs are pretty quick. It's just kind of put on a coat of this thing and then we'll wait and we'll talk about all of these other things and the silly marketing names for a while but all the students stuck at it and they were all fantastic so yeah all going good with the maker shed i'm, I'm doing some um, one-on-one tutoring at the moment two days a week in in mm-hmm. here in my workshop with a student uh, a maker shed student actually who's who's now i've kind of stolen him and he he works with me now he's who is just kind of the perfect student um just so willing and excited about everything so we're just starting from absolute basics and essentially just going through everything i know which is a bit scary um yeah but good fun so we've we've actually spent weeks and weeks sharpening we went to the tool shop and got a set set of old tools and we've been slowly working through them restoring the tools and setting them up and we've just just about started doing some woodworking we made a like the Paul Sellers dovetail marker. Well, yeah, it's it's going well. I've got a couple of big jobs on the bench as well. Um, this big dresser unit in Walnut, I'm working on polishing the legs at the moment. So yeah, it's all good on the whole. I'm, Excellent. It's it's good stuff. I'm yeah struggling with physical mental health bit as well. Um, 
but yeah. trying to dedicate again back to the today's pitch kind of trying to dedicate enough time to kind of making sure I'm well enough to work when I need to work it's there's still lots of unknowns and it is something I want to talk about in a bit but to be honest, I don't know enough about it yet. So it's been tough. Yeah. Um, there's it's just one thing to mention. I know we want to talk about social media as a whole thing, but like I've had a couple of messages recently saying like, ah, oh, like one literally said, what a wonderful life you lead. And <laughs> I felt very odd about that because I just, yeah. my instant response, well, my the my first thoughts were you have no idea <laughs> um and like uh, on instagram maybe that that that's the case um this is such a, a brief snippet of of the the interesting bits really yeah it's 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 been a little tough and obviously the the teaching can be kind of physical hard it's like well, you know yourself is you've always got to be on it's you, you there's no yeah. kind of just just sitting and letting them crack on for a bit especially with a beginner's course it's a it's a full day of yeah. of being about the whole time so which is why this this topic today is so relevant because i'm not gonna not gonna bullshit it's that there's been struggle recently it's, it's been it's been tough and there's been times where i just think oh fuck it just like go and get a job forget it but i like i said earlier i'm I, i'm absolutely think i'm on the right path i'm doing good stuff but it's just being able to make sure it's sustainable and it's it's a, a sensible thing to be doing um for the long term for myself but yeah, we'll see. It's all pretty up in the air, but I'm doing my best to give myself that time. Otherwise, you'll shout at me. <laughs> um, yes, I will. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Doing, doing all right. Doing all right. Busy, but good. I'm excited to get back into doing the podcast. I've got one Definitely. other thing I want to I want to say I want to recommend yeah. I want to recommend another podcast. Um What? Yeah, I know there's other ones. Um I don't know if you What? <laughs> <laughs> um so once you've listened to all the episodes of This Crafted World, of course, re-listen to season 1 because you've forgotten what we were chatting about. Um, yeah, it's been ages. Oh yeah. Then you're allowed to listen to this other podcast which I want to recommend. Um it's called Arbitrary but it's not spelt as in arbitrary. It's spelt as in um, like arborist as in tree. So ah. arbitrary, ah. yeah, quite clever. It's called completely arbitrary and it's just about trees. It's these two guys, one of them, I don't know, some sort of professional, really very much knows his shit. The other guy has no idea and he describes himself as a tree skeptic, <laughs> which <laughs> like, I don't know if that, like, is he in like denial he that they're, in they tree? exist? <laughs> um but i think he's skeptical that he loves trees that's the thing which yeah fair enough um so each episode they they pick a tree and they just talk about it and then at the end they rate the tree with out of 10 golden cones of honor and i love it it's fantastic fantastic. there's loads of episodes so check it out once you've listened to this craft world of course but unless you've got anything else you you want to add any recommendations uh no i didn't realize that was the thing that we were doing oh yeah that's the thing we always do <laughs> <laughs> is this like when we announce that we have seasons <laughs> no um, i don't i don't have anything prepared sorry oh uh, well that's all right um yeah fine yeah all right Shane. um well i guess thanks for listening yeah cheers guys we will see you soon hopefully bye bye <laughs> oh, fucking hell <laughs>